Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi. I'm Hannah Jones, wife, daughter, journalist and professional fatty. Someone who's been overweight her entire life and has just had weight loss surgery. You're listening to my new podcast, Heavy, a place for my big and thin friends to tell their stories about incredible weight loss or how they finally found their happy, whatever size that is. And I'll also get to talk to some of the experts who helped them get there. So come on in, grab whatever you want to eat or drink, wear elasticated trousers if you want to. I promise, absolutely no judgments in my house. You know what it's like. You sat there and you're thinking to yourself, how can I get out of my Friday night takeaway habit? How do I stop binging on sweet things in the evenings? Why do I rebel against dieting when I can't even see past my stomach to paint my own toenails? How can I stop eating the kids' leftovers? Because isn't it wasteful if I don't? What's the difference between smart people who never diet and me? And do I need adult supervision when I go into a buffet? I've asked myself all these questions over time and you probably have too. So this week I invited in someone called the Appetite Doctor to help me answer those questions. Now, the Appetite Doctor is a doctor... And there's a clue in the name, um, from Chepstone. She's also got clinics in Bristol and Cardiff. And her name is Dr. Helen McCarthy. You know when some people have got loads and loads of receipts in their purse from Tesco's? She's got certificates. She has got the brain the size of a planet. And her website is called theappetitedoctor.co.uk. So we sit down for a good old chinwag and she tells me how her method will help all of us lose weight for good, eating all of our favourite foods. Yes, even melted cheese for me. Learn to eat when hungry and stop when full, complete shocker there, and how to reach your ideal weight and stay there. She's incredible. She really is quite incredible, and you're going to love her. So let's have a listen to my chat today with the Appetite Doctor, Dr. Helen McCarthy. known about you before then because frankly I think that you should be on the NHS because I had to look at your website uh-huh. which is called theappetitedoctor.co.uk which yes. hooked me in straight away lovely where have you been all my life well I've been developing appetite retraining but it's only since November that I actually launched my new website so that was it and it was only in autumn that I started using that name, the Appetite Doctor, and using Appetite Retraining as the description of what I did. Before that, I've been working on this since 2011, and before that, I called it Delicious Dieting, which was to get across the idea that the focus is on really enjoying food, but it still had the dieting word in it, which people didn't like, people misunderstood, because... It's not. It's really not a diet. It's about retraining how you eat, so that you you basically relearn to eat in tune with your natural hunger and fullness signals. Is the bottom line of it. So I've had gastric bypass surgery, and mm-hmm. if I'd met you last November, I would have saved myself eight thousand pound. Right, uh-huh. <laughs> that's a lot of money, and uh-huh. but. 
that's interesting what you've said there because do you know what? I don't think I've ever felt hungry. Uh-huh. What's that about then? Right. That is, I think, loads of us have completely lost touch with feeling hungry or noticing when we're full. And I think that's why, for a lot of people, it's exactly why they gain weight in the first place. Because as infants, we all ate when we were hungry or cried for food when we were hungry, ate, stopped when we were full. And if you try and feed a toddler food when they've had enough, it's impossible. They clamp their mouth shut, they turn away, food goes everywhere, totally in tune with their hunger and fullness signals but as we grow up we start to eat sweets because we've been good we start to eat cake to comfort ourselves we start to eat larger meals as forms of celebration we use food in all sorts of ways which mean that we just start to lose touch with those natural signals so I think like you many people don't feel hungry because they don't ever let themselves get hungry for a number of reasons what does it feel like to be hungry? Do you, do you actually know? Can you quantify it? Well, I can describe... The best I can do is describe what I feel like when I feel hungry, okay. which is the same as what you read when you read books when people mention being hungry. And it's a distinct feeling somewhere in your sort of centre, mm. um, where you, I suppose where your stomach probably is, and it's a slightly it's it's uncomfortable enough to notice and over time it gets stronger and stronger so if you get slightly hungry say two or three hours after you've eaten then an hour later when you get hungry again it'll if you haven't eaten it'll feel stronger and then it'll feel stronger so it's an increasingly urgent signal from your gut it feels uncomfortable it can be accompanied by sort of churning or growling sounds and sensations but it's essentially a very physical feeling so on your website you talk about the appetite pendulum don't you so is is that what you're getting at there like from one extreme to another totally totally and the, the idea of the pendulum is that as you get increasingly hungry on my pendulum you go into the minus numbers as you get increasingly hungry, it's minus one, minus two, minus three, minus four, minus five. Minus five is extremely hungry, which I encourage people not to get to. And the other side of the pendulum is plus one to plus five, where plus five is that sort of Christmas dinner, totally stuffed feeling, which I also encourage people not to get to. Because as human beings, the way our gut has evolved is that we're designed to eat a quantity of food and then wait a few hours because that's the energy we need for the next few hours, and then eat again, and then repeat. So so are you supposed to eat then every, like, three or four hours? Well, you c- it's more that you... The way that, that is most workable is to start from your lifestyle, go the other way round, because if you start trying to think how often you should be eating, but it doesn't suit your lifestyle, it's going to be a couple of weeks before you, you can't sustain it. And the whole point about... I'm firmly of the uh, view that losing weight is hard, so you should only do it once, really. You should only put that effort in once. And if you do it in a way that allows it to sustainable, you only need to do it once. That's the beauty of it. That's interesting. I mean, I must have been on... I can't even count the numbers, how many diets I've been on. But I've never thought about doing it once. No. Because I've always thought to myself, there's always another Monday. Yes, or there's always another Christmas, or yes. there's always another... But there's never another 40th birthday or 45th yes. birthday. Yes, And I've always thought, maybe tomorrow I'll yes. get it right, or I'll get yes. me right. Yes, yes. 
and that that's an interesting point because the whole thing about getting your weight right and getting yourself right can get rather blurred so that people start thinking they can only really get on with their lives properly if there is a particular weight yes that's and right. so yeah. Yeah. yeah and so they put all sorts of things on hold but that means that they are not really being themselves they're not really happy they're not really um fulfilling what they could do whilst they are waiting for this magical point this this ideal weight do you think then that say so i'm now 18 stone four before i had my surgery i was 20 stone seven look exactly the same i gotta be honest there's not change at all anywhere beside the point do you think that you can achieve all that while still being fat do I think, sorry, do I think you can you can, achieve... you can, you, you can still be um, balanced and you can still have a oh, healthy yes. view about yourself while, while you're still, say, obese. Yeah, some I'm, people I, do. Yeah. Some people do. But because there is so much um, what is currently called fat shaming, because there's so much negative um, uh, press, negative stuff in, on social media, negative stuff everywhere about weight, I think that it's, it's much harder for people to feel comfortable fat yeah yeah Mm. i think it is and so if somebody's a bit underweight rather than a bit overweight or very underweight well you get into a whole other other debate when you get very underweight but because people are obviously then concerned about health but i think it it's the confusion of the two doesn't doesn't help anyone there are some really big meaty promises on your website mm. which I which I loved mm. and I think that anyone who's ever weighed out their self-esteem with their chips yes. would love yes so three things are then yes. lose weight for good yes. by eating all your favorite foods Absolutely. hello um Absolutely. so that would be melted cheese for me yes. um learn to eat when hungry and stop when you're full we've already touched on yes. that no clue what that means yes reach ideal weight and stay there yeah Yes. That's that's incredible, those three things. And you really think that that's achievable? Yeah. If we go one by one. Go on then, right? Lose weight for good, eating all your favourite foods. Right. The reason most diets fail is that when you go on a conventional diet, you're either counting calories, counting points, you're doing something, you're doing something about restricting what you eat, but you're also almost invariably told what to eat or told what not to eat. By the time you start whatever diet it is, you've been eating for your whole life, obviously. By, it's obvious. And over the entirety of your life, you've developed your, your uh, likes and dislikes. You've learned associations between particular foods and particular nice feelings between foods and bad feelings, all sorts of things. So you, we've all got a set of foods that we really love, a set of foods that we really hate, and then somewhere pretty neutral about. And if you're weight loss once you've done it is going to be easily sustained it should include all of those favorite foods right okay can i just ask though Mm -hmm. how do you well how do you stop and how do you free yourself of the guilt or shame or the compulsive behavior around like for me they're melted cheese right so you're talking about the amount what you're talking about with, with my approach you focus on you keep eating your favorite foods and you adjust the amount Right, so you're you're adjusting down, obviously, if you're eating too much of it. So if you think about the problem of stopping a favourite food like melted cheese, there are <laughs> there are loads of loads of sort of things that feed into this. But if I just gave you a few examples of things, oh that please help, do right. 
Um, one is to uh, this. This takes a bit of. Uh, this will take a repeated doing. But train your eye to know how much melted cheese satisfies your appetite. Now that is that's rather preempting something else which you've just said. You know, point two. You don't know what it means. The hunger and fullness things. But if you start adjusting down from where you are if you start with the portion of great of melted cheese that you would go for if if nobody was looking no yeah Yeah. my mother wasn't in the room or my husband or yeah yeah yeah. so if you start with what you would have and then you think right step by step i'm going to reduce this down until i get to a point where i'm comfortable with what i'm eating with how much weight i've lost whatever what I suggest to people when there are particular foods they eat too much of to start with is to reduce the portion size by a quarter. It's a simple rule of thumb. You don't have to count anything. You just have to use your eye to either you put out the original amount, cut a quarter off, and then, horrifying as it sounds, throw it away because this is about learning, relearning to tra- train your eye and your gut so that you get to a point where you know what the, that three quarters is like so you're not throwing it away and wasting it anymore but while I'm on that topic when you eat the whole amount the last quarter is wasted anyway because your body won't need it and therefore what's happening is that you're eating more in order to stop the waste of throwing food away you eat more but in that case you're just putting it through your body before it's getting recycled and when food goes through your body it can't help but be the have the calories extracted from it so um, one part of it is is retraining your eye by just reducing in simple steps the size of the portion if melted cheese is something that for you is a real binge food then it's it's a slightly different issue because there may be foods that while you retrain your eye about how much there may be foods that are better avoided simply for the short term until you get used to a new amount of food being the right amount is that the same as alcoholics then abstaining is it abstinence it is a bit of it's only temporary abstinence because you can reintroduce it when you know what amounts you're you're are okay but if you start eating a food that make that it it's the foods that appetite that sorry that it's the foods that stimulate the drive system rather than the pleasure system which cause the problem that that'll be both pleasurable and it'll be activating your drive system but the the two systems are slightly different and the the ones that stimulate the drive system make you want to eat more each mouthful each mouthful makes you want to eat more rather than less whereas there's foods that actually satisfy your appetite like if you think of something um if you think of your favorite vegetable dish or your favorite fruit or your favorite food that hasn't gone through that process of being made so amazing that would would be something that as you eat successive mouthfuls you're likely to start thinking i've had enough of this now is the association then completely with what brings you joy and why it's bringing you joy and maybe the joy shouldn't be completely trusted because you have to kind of relearn what is just what you need as opposed to what you completely desire right that's, a really, I got good, it? Yeah. No, that's a really really good question the 
aim is to maximise, absolutely maximise, the pleasure that you get from food. So um, you eat your favourite foods and you learn step by step to eat the amount that your body needs. And what that allows your body to do is if you eat just as much as you need, whether it's melted cheese or anything, whether it's fresh fruit salad or anything... um, Once your body has digested that food and you're getting slightly hungry, if you allow your body to get slightly hungry by your next meal, it tastes fabulous. The food tastes much better because as you get increasingly hungry, one of the elements of the appetite system that gets you ready to eat and thinking about eating is your taste buds get more sensitive. So they're at their most sensitive when you're hungry. So if you eat the same food... When you're hungry and not, you get much more pleasure out of it when you are. Oh. It's a fantastic discovery. It absolutely blew me away to how discover you, this. How did you discover that then? Because it sounds obvious, yeah, doesn't it? it does. But I mean, nothing when yeah. it comes to body weight or self-image is obvious. No, no. So uh, what, 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 what happened to what you? What happened to me is that the I got interested in this because I've worked as a clinical... At the, t- at the time I got interested in this in 2011... I'd been a clinical psychologist for 22 years, and one of my specialist areas of of knowledge is eating disorders. And it's not the only group of people I work with, but one day in 2011, summer afternoon, um, I was coming to the end of the final session with a patient who I'll call Megan. So she came to see me for help with the bulimia. We used cognitive behavioral therapy for eating disorders. She got completely well. And as she left the final session of about 10 sessions of therapy, on her way out of the door, she said, she was really pleased and she thanked me and she said, I just wish I could lose another stone. I was left sitting there thinking, this is completely absurd. I know, thanks to my training and experience, how to help somebody with a serious eating disorder. And I have no idea how to help somebody lose a stone in weight. Partly because I, at the time, was a sort of a stone and a half heavier than I'd been generally as an adult since my first pregnancy. I'd never really lost it. I went, I, well, that's not true. I did go to Weight Watchers, lost it, regained it. Um, but what size were you? What kind of clothes about size? About sort of um, 14, 16. And, I, and that was uh, big for you? You felt yeah. uncomfortable with that? Well, just, yeah, but not uncomfortable to do very much about... Uncomfortable enough to sign up for one Weight Watchers course... But once that worked and then I was back at square one, I mean, I, don't, I didn't like having to count things. I didn't like restricting myself. Um, I really like nice food. My favourite activity is going out for a meal with friends. I like chocolate, cheese, wine. Um, so it, it was hard. And I didn't really... I, I couldn't be bothered, if I'm absolutely honest. But it really made me... Um, sort of brought me up short to realise this this absurd thing that that there was a serious eating disorder, somebody could overcome a serious eating disorder and, and I was no use to her whatsoever with that idea of just losing a stone. So I decided that I was going to work out if, if I could use 22 years of experience, three degrees in psychology, including a PhD in eating disorders. So I'm not from new to Oxford. this. From Oxford. Buddy. Yeah, brain box. Yeah. Um, and um, loads of really good professional supervision over the years. I'd done additional training. 
And um, I thought, right, if I can't do this, who can? So I thought, I'm going to try and put myself, not put myself, I'm going to try and use all of my psychological knowledge to see if I can lose a stone in four months without going on a diet. But the first thing that then happened was, this is August 2011, the first thing that happened was... Don't tell me holiday. Yeah. You were going on holiday. I was going on I'd holiday. Mm. South of France. And part of the reason I was going to the south of France was they have fantastic French cheese, French bread, rosé wine. Was to eat and drink. Yes, pano raisins. Those were my sort of top, <laughs> top French things. So I was not in the... I was not interested in... I mean, I could. I suppose I could have waited till I got back, but I decided I was going to start doing this anyway. But those meal, those foods had to be in this my version of the Mediterranean diet, if you like. I started experimenting with. It, it occurred to me that if I started to eat less, and it's a blatantly obvious thing to try, um, I might be able to start losing a few pounds just eating normal food. But the first astonishing discovery was this thing about hunger and taste, which is that by just reducing the amount that I was eating at lunchtime and then getting hungrier than I would normally get, because I, like you, actually... Don't know never, what it is. I never. Never I never bothered it. Get it. I never got there. So, so it was, I was, first of all, uneasy. I didn't like feeling hungry. It made me feel quite anxious, which is another thing that I think most people feel anxious when they feel hungry, if they've avoided it for a long time. But so, so one of the things on the website is some um, advice. There's a, there's a download for dealing with anxiety because it's such a natural part of change anyway, trying to change anything. So um, I um, discovered that by eating... French, still French bread, French cheese um, at, at lunchtime, by reducing the amount I was eating, I was getting hungry. And then the evening meals just blew me away. And they were complete, we were self-catering. They were ordinary, homemade. It's the same food I'd always eaten, really. I suppose the difference between, say, someone someone like you, who's, mm. who's naturally slim, yeah. I guess, and has got the brain the size of a planet is that if you and I were in a French gîte, yes. I'd want to eat two baguettes because yes. I, I love yes. the taste of them. I got yes. my stock filter. And you would go, hmm, that's actually maybe a healthy amount. I'm just going to yeah. stop there. I'm not going to deny myself yes. a baguette, yes. but I'm not going to eat my body weight yes. in carbohydrates. Yes. But I would do that now. But previously, I might not have had two baguettes, but I would have had whatever I was served. And I would, have, I would always go for... Um, erring on the side of caution I, I didn't I never wanted to be hungry um I I wanted so for instance in the past if I was getting on a train I would make sure I had a Kit Kat with me or something like that and even if I wasn't hungry the Kit Kat would get eaten because Kit Kats talk to me it's there from, yeah like mm. so um it's <laughs> it's I agree different different people have different um amounts of, of uh, different favorite foods different amounts that they tend to eat but if you start from the principle that if you're eating more than you need at the moment and you just keep reducing by a manageable amount step by step you don't do it quickly you do it um if you're going to reduce your evening meal size by a quarter give yourself a few weeks of doing that until it feels completely normal not what you eat then, yeah. but the amount that you eat. The amount that you eat. I remember my husband, who's slim, yeah. um, 
slim Englishman came to my mother's house for a Sunday dinner. Yeah. And literally, I couldn't see him from the other side of the table because the Yorkshire puddings were the size of a bungalow. Right. I grew up eating uh-huh. food like that, you yes. know. And um, he avoids going up my mother's for dinner because uh-huh. he just... You just can't stomach it. Right. Um, and he loves the taste yes. of it, but my mother doesn't yes. know how to do a smaller portion, you right. see. So I say to her, Mam, just, yes. you know, just the four potatoes. Right. And, you know, and, but he will yeah. only eat one because yes. he only likes one. Yes. So instead of saying, can I just have a side of beef, mm. you know, he would say, can I just have a slice? Yes. And it puts him off. Yes. Whereas I look at it and think, yes. manna from yes. bloody heaven. Yes. Added to which, that is probably also influenced by cooking, maybe a way that your mother shows love to you and to him and to anyone else. And and the the act of, of cooking for and feeding people is a very potentially a very loving thing to do. It is. But the problem there is that that the other side of that equation is that if somebody is cooking for you and you don't want to have as much as they generously want to give you, it can then get into the realm of feeling like you're rejecting them or you're insulting them or you're worried about offending them. So it's interesting that your husband is able not to... Indulge. Just, just indulge, <laughs> yeah. He's an, an inf- so he'd, he'd rather avoid the situation, maybe. Well, he's got a filter. He's got an off filter. Yeah. And he eats for enjoyment. Yes. I've never looked at it in that way. Uh-huh which is probably one of the reasons why I've always suffered from my weight. Uh-huh. For me, it was just there, and it's just nice, and yes. no one ever said no yes. to me. Yes. And I never said no to myself. Yes. I didn't have a stop valve. Yeah, and, and the other thing, though, that is interesting about when you start discovering what happens when you get hungry and what happens as you get full is that if you notice the tastiness of each successive um, mouthful of your meal it starts out if you start hungry it's really really tasty and then after a few mouthfuls even the tastiness starts to reduce the pleasure reduces so when you going back to my point about reducing a meal by a quarter the quarter that you are not eating is the least tasty quarter because it's the last quarter I mean if you like Mm -hmm. so so what you're giving up with appetite retraining is always the less tasty food it's either because you give up the food you don't like or because you're you're stopping eating at a point where the rest of the food won't taste as good it'll still be a bit nice but it won't be it won't be like those first few uh, mouthfuls or the first quarter of the meal say and the something that can be very powerful for people is to realize that one of the things that helps you stop eating is is realizing that the only way that you're going to get the massive pleasure out of the next meal is stopping now it's very hard it's we're not really built for delayed gratification we're built to respond to immediate gratification so it's quite hard to do but if the if the next meal is four hours away and the next meal is something you absolutely love and the rest of this plate full that you've got in front of you now is yeah it's nice but it's not going to be as nice as that. It's it's a way of helping you mentally to um, put that food in the recycling bin. How quick can that happen? Because you said earlier that it, it took you something like, was it, it four, four months, months to, to lose, lose a stone? stone. Yeah. yeah, no, to me that sounds a lifetime, but, but uh, it really is um, a, a healthy... A yeah, that's yeah. healthy, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, so I've lost £34 in six weeks, I think it is. Yeah, um, that's... 
that's a lot. It is a lot. But I'm not eating. No. <laughs> I'm no. just drinking. Yeah. You yeah. know, I'm just not yes. eating. Yeah. Uh, what is a healthy amount to lose? Is, well, there's is a lot of there's a lot of argument about this because um, in uh, if if you look at newspapers and magazines over the last few years, they tend to say it's a good idea to lose weight at a pound or two a week. But recently, there are studies showing that actually it's just as healthy. For some people, it may be more healthy to have quite rapid weight loss. So, and, Horses and, for courses. Yeah, it is, exactly. And that is absolutely something that's really important to underline is nothing works for everybody. You mm. need to find the thing that, that does suit you. And it'll depend on all sorts of things like... Uh, well, my, my approach is very much built around people's lifestyles. So, But, but some approaches would only suit certain lifestyles. You'd need to have a lot of control over your eating but going back to I realize I didn't really answer your point about spaces between meals that if you start from the point of view some people like to have three meals a day and have say let's say for the sake of argument breakfast at 7 30 lunch at 12 30 evening meal at six o'clock say um, other people prefer to have two meals a day mid-morning and evening um, some people prefer to have more infrequent much smaller meals and and a lot of people who have three meals a day find that if they do reduce the meal size down they need a bit of a snack between meals to keep them going can that snack then be a baguette with melted cheese on but a smaller if it was small enough yes yes because that brings us on to i have to admit that brings us on to point two of shocking discoveries when i started doing this which was i was unpleasantly astonished to discover how little food i needed to keep me going for a few hours really really shocked and because I'm middle-aged I'm in my late 50s I'm completely sedentary at work I do a really sedentary job I exercise a bit but I'm not a huge exerciser and I was I thought I'm never going to be able to keep to this because these amounts are disturbingly small so I did things like um uh, reduce the size of the plates that I was eating it mm. off because of the well-known visual illusion that shows you that, that that looks as though the same amount of um, circle in the middle of a bigger circle makes the... Do you know the so one a I mean? tea, it's called so the a tea, Yeah, so that a tea plate instead of a dinner plate. Yes, that's yes. right, that's right. I focused a lot on the amount of anxiety that it was causing, so I used very simple anxiety reduction techniques to deal with all of the sense that this wasn't going to be enough, what was I going to do, um, I wasn't going to be uh, enjoying foods, which was when this other thing really kicked in of how fabulous the food is that you do eat when you eat it i mean it's 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 unbelievably tasty so even things like um broccoli oh come on come on broccoli not really well there's melted cheese on yeah you know i can eat anything but come on yes but amazingly and i do not want to sound like a sort of um clean eating sort of person because i'm not at all but if you eat a simple vegetable and you're hungry it's amazing how much taste there is in it i think the thing is how do you get to the point where when you're hungry yes you want to eat a bit of broccoli well astonishingly that's exactly what you do want to eat really you, yes, I, i've never yes. had a, no. a taste for broccoli no, or like no. a hankering Sorry? Or hankering for it. No, no. That's because, A, you don't like broccoli, and B, you've never been hungry. Maybe. 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 Yeah, it could, could I mean? be a couple of flaws in it my makeup be, there, yeah. yeah. But if you chose your really favourite vegetable... Let me think. Potato. Yeah. 
So what would your favourite... It's, it's, um, go on, tell me what your favourite way of having potato is. Mashed with lots yes. of gravy. Yes, yes. So if you had um, it mashed in exactly the way... So you would, if you like butter in it, you would put butter in it, right? You would mash it exactly as you like. You have your favourite version of gravy, however you make yeah, it. Yeah, mams. Yeah, right. Yes, yeah. Um, and if you were to have a small amount of, of that fabulous mash and gravy, it, it will taste sublime. But only when I'm hungry. It will taste more sublime when you're hungry. You'll like it anyway because you yeah, always like it. I like it. it. Yeah. So even if you weren't hungry, it'd be quite nice. But I have to get hungry by following the appetite pendulum, and then I'll develop this, these new, new yes. taste sensations. Maybe. Yes, that's right. That's right. But but the the point about the appetite pendulum is it's just a way of gauging how full or hungry you are at any time, and you get hungry by leaving a gap between meals. So it's, it's the key thing is to make sure that your body has time to digest the last meal before you eat the next one. That's why, for me, late 50s, sedentary female with not a huge amount of exercise has to eat a very small, what I now, you know, now seems normal to me but didn't originally, uh, a very small meal, but a teenage, you know, somebody growing teenager doing a lot of sports, they don't need that. They need they need a lot more to keep them going for a few hours. So it's again depends on the individual. Is it right that you take your clients out for a meal? Yes, I do that. Where'd you go? I do that. Well, I go. Um, I did it originally with every new person, but as I got more and more people, it became something that just dropped out of doing it. So I do. I do do it, and I do want to start doing it more regularly. We go to wherever their favourite restaurant is. Right. Because that's the point, that they, the whole point about this is is learning to eat your favourite foods, not somebody else's idea of what, you know, what somebody else might like or or a lighter, in inverted commas, a version of what you do like. That's, to me, that just doesn't work at all. You you take calories or, or any particular ingredient out of my favourite food and it won't be my favourite food anymore. Would you then take them to an all-you-can-eat buffet? Well, yeah, no, I would, sorry, yes. I would take them to an all, all-you-can-eat buffet if that was their I've difficulty. never been to one. No, no. They are the... I mean, I, I see all-you-can-eat buffets as, as a minefield and something that is to be avoided because they're really good value if you want to gain weight. But if, if you don't want to gain weight... They're very poor value for money because all the incentive is to eat more. And what you, if you're learning to eat less, mm. they're not a good place. This is why my husband won't book a cruise for us. Right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because it's just uh, a license to, yeah. to, to stuff yourself, isn't it? Is, it is. It is. And cruises are exactly, they, they give people a lot of trouble. Right. So, no cruises, no buffets. Uh, interesting thing that I read on your website mm-hmm. is that when you say people go to a party and they say it's it's an all you can eat buffet at yes. the party yeah my my mother talks about this 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 mm-hmm. lady um mrs edwards um who died and her wake was apparently and i quote the best buffet she's ever had even now people are talking in Ebervale about mrs edwards's buffet <laughs> she was dead bless her heart uh-huh. um because the, the the sandwiches were just mountains yeah lovely buffet uh but you say if you go to a party and you're you're um working with the appetite doctor mm-hmm. that it's okay to have what you want but three things at a time is that right the reason i suggest three is the temptation with a buffet is to put lots and lots of different things on your plate oh it's like jenga 
isn't it? It's like, you know, when you're balancing yes, everything. Yes, that's right. Yes. yes, that's right. That's the temptation. But one of the things about the way that your taste buds get less sensitive as you eat successive mouthfuls of any particular food, right, which, which relates to the more you eat, the less tasty it is, when you switch from eating one food to another, those particular taste combinations are not as desensitised. If you just have your mashed potato and gravy example and treat that as one food, that will be just one thing that will gradually taste less fabulous as you eat it, then you'll have had enough. But if in a buffet situation you've got six or eight things on your plate, each one of those, as you start eating it, gives you a new... It's like your your taste buds are sort of re... They're not exactly reset, but it's like you've got an appetite for that new food. It's it's a particular... It's called taste-specific satiety. Oh. Yeah, specific satiety or satisfaction from that particular taste. So if you have quiche and uh, you eat that, then you eat a, some salad, then you eat some bread, then you eat whatever it is, each of those different foods re-stimulates your appetite because it's a new taste you have three different things on your yeah, plate yeah how many times can you go back up how, well, how, how do you know when to stop yeah the key thing about learning to eat differently is to really first of all train your eye to judge how much is the right amount on your plate Right, if you've got one eye in Brimau and the other one in Ebervale, sometimes that's a bit of a problem uh-huh. for someone who's got uh-huh. a bit of a weight uh-huh. problem. So I guess that isn't something that can be developed overnight. No, that's right. That's absolutely right. And in fact, these changes are more sustainable if you take them one at a time and you give each one of them the chance to become your new habit. So even if, even if it takes you a while, just... Doing this once, step by step, and allowing yourself the time to do it, and making adjustments one at a time, means that you can retrain your eye to reduce the portion size down. So the buffet, the total amount on your plate is the what you'd be aiming for if you want to eat the smaller amount at the buffet. Rather, I mean, you can with my approach, you can have um like with any approach you can have the odd big meal because a large one large meal doesn't make you gain weight any more than one non-existent or tiny meal meal makes you lose it it just doesn't happen i I totally agree i I think for for bigger people like myself they would feel that if they did it they would feel a failure and they you would spiral again and then you start eating normally maybe yeah but i guess that's where your cbt comes into it and being mindful about what you're eating yes mindful about what you're eating so you get the pleasure in the food rather than feeling bad about what you're eating or um like with the the very compulsive foods where you're not really thinking about this mouthful there's something that that is so driven about that sort of eating where you're looking forward to the next mouthful. Um, uh, that happens to me with certain types of crisps where... Oh, go on, spill you your know, guts. Like, Which ones? Um, those things called... Um, they're called frazzles. Those bacon-flavoured... They're like baby crisps. You like frazzles, do you? Is that your thing? Frazzle- yeah, 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 they're yeah, bacon. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. They, yeah, they're... Yeah. And they're really salty, crunchy, bacony. That's your thing. I love that. Mm. But the problem is that if I open a bag of those, I'll eat them all or most of them, and, and you know, will ignore... Even now, I don't buy them unless there's a party. 
Another interesting thing you say on the Appetite Doctor is that it's not to feel guilty about things. Yeah. Say you had your frazzles. So yes. I would have my melted cheese yes. and a baguette. You'd have your frazzles yes. and maybe a Prosecco. Yes. And you enjoy those things together so you make an yes. occasion yes. out of a treat. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that you're, you move away from hidden eating, guilty eating, all the sorts of eating where you're consuming but not getting much pleasure at all, if, if any, because it's all being sort of spoilt by... The, the negative connotations or the negative feelings. So you, yeah, making an occasion of having something that you really like like that and sort of celebrating it and doing something like using a nice plate, heavy cutlery, heavy glass to drink your your um, Prosecco from, all those sorts of things help to alter your perception of what you're eating. It is mindfulness, isn't mm. it? I mean, yeah. I've had the weight loss surgery in order to take some of those things away that you're talking about, uh-huh. but I, I, I see that as an extreme... Um, reaction to my I call it my leak in my head really uh-huh. in that I would I would secret eat I wouldn't eat at all mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't know yes. when to stop etc yes. um, I didn't know when I was hungry or not yes. I never really had a bad diet I had a too much yes. diet yes. and my body can't handle yeah. too much because I'm not built that way yes. so I think what you say on the appetite yeah. doctor is is fascinating yeah. yeah and I think you're in very good company I think that most not everybody's body reacts the same that's another thing that we've all got different biological makeups so that some of us gain weight more easily than others but nevertheless I think that most of us gain weight over our lifetimes largely or or at least partly but I suspect largely because we we stop listening to um, our natural hunger and fullness signals and we get into eating for all sorts of other reasons and then we feel bad we feel guilty and we then start to try restricting what we eat and one of the things that drives binge eating the big one of the biggest drives of binge eating is restriction restricting what you eat makes it far more likely that you'll binge on food if someone wants to work with the appetite doctor mm-hmm. how do they go about it and how can they find out more about you they can Go to my website, which is www.theappetitedoctor.co.uk. Best title ever, Helen. Thank you, thank you. And it's somebody else's fantastic idea, I have to say. And they can sign up for my regular newsletter. And I've done it. Yeah. I had one about um, how to avoid eating, I think it was sweets at night. Oh, oh right. Yeah, I've had yes. that one, yeah. digested Good. that, yes. Good, right. So they can get the, the newsletter and there's... Um, there's a section called work with me on the website which explains how to get in touch about um, I'm running a group starting in Bristol soon and I see individuals in Cardiff and Bristol so any details about those are on the website thanks for coming in I really want to move into your house (laughs) I'm not even joking (laughs) thank you Helen thank you so much Hannah really enjoyed it great